Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Kylie Camps, owner of the Kind Parenting Company, wife, proud mom of twin boys, and happiness advocate. This podcast is a place for women who want more from life. It's your time to cultivate more self-care, compassion, happiness, love, and confidence. Let's have real conversations to help you feel better, choose better, and live your best life. Welcome to episode number 13. I have had a little mini break from podcasting over the last fortnight purely because it's been school holidays for our little boys and I've just wanted to be super, super present. So we are officially through our first term ever of schooling for them and they've really needed those holidays and I just really needed to be there with them and it was a nice break but I am back and I'm excited for this episode. So episode 13 is really all about acknowledging, I guess identifying and how to deal with toxic people in your life. Now, the term toxic people or toxic person is one that I certainly used a lot like 10 years ago or even five years ago. I used it to describe people in my life. Now, with age and also with becoming a mother, I have really had to develop empathy. And I no longer use the terminology toxic person or toxic people because I really feel as though even if someone brings out the worst in you, they're probably not completely toxic. They're probably not a completely bad human. There's just some sort of alchemy that happens between the two of you that doesn't work for whatever reason. So I want to move away from and I want to avoid calling any single person toxic or bad or just, you know, lumping them in that pile of being a bad person because I think it's so important to understand that we ourselves can also wear the hat. We can also play the role of being that toxic person in other people's lives. So owning that kind of shadow side to yourself as well is really, really important. So I wanted to just address that quickly before we dive into this episode. I also want to speak with you about online haters. Now, you might not have any experience personally with copy with copying online bullying or online hate, but I want to share with you my experience and also the way that I go about this because it might be helpful for you when it does come to dealing with people in your everyday life who you deem to be not bringing out the best in you. It's important to note that we are all truly in control of our own lives. We are in control of our thoughts and our feelings and the state that we put ourselves in. Now, that being said, even though we're in control of that, there are people, there are certain situations, dynamics that we find it really hard to control our thoughts and feelings and to remain in a positive state when we're confronted with those people, those places, those situations. 
Now, I'm sure that there are some very zen people out there who, no matter the situation they're in, they can just use their mind over matter and really maintain that positive headspace. And I definitely aspire to be like that one day. But for most of us, I think that we can all relate, like I said earlier, to being in a situation where we feel as though the people that we're with are not bringing out the best in us and maybe they're bringing out the worst. If you are in a place where you continually feel disrespected, put down, unimportant, or even just plain awful, maybe just plain low after spending time with someone, or even just the thought of being with or near that person, it's okay to feel that. It's okay to notice it. And in fact, it's more than okay, it's important because if you don't really acknowledge what you're feeling, it's likely to come out in other ways. An example of this could be if you have a toxic extended family member and you know that an upcoming event is just around the corner and you're starting to feel angry, upset, scared, nervous, all of those emotions that you might be feeling before you see them. If you don't acknowledge it and let that come to the surface and put a label on it and go, okay, this is what I'm feeling and this is why, what could happen is it might come out in other ways. So you might find yourself being really grumpy at work or snapping at your partner over something little or at your children as well. You might just not have as much patience. You know, you've reached that threshold a bit quicker because you're carrying around that emotional load, that anxiety of what is going to happen. So make sure you notice what you're feeling and get comfortable just noticing it. You might not be able to get comfortable with that feeling, but even just writing it down, you know, in two weeks, I'll be seeing X and it is making me feel Y. That can just take that mental load out of your mind and just put it into perspective, I guess, a little bit. So a toxic, and when I say toxic, it is in air quotes, person could be someone who doesn't listen to you or speaks poorly of others in your company. Maybe they take advantage of you, they drain you, or they just throw shade at you. Or maybe it's just a current. You know, they just throw this sort of current out there and you find yourself getting taken away in it. I use that terminology current because I've had a situation not too long ago when I had to step away from a friendship. In fact, we both had to step away for different reasons. And for me, I realized that my best interest was not a priority in that dynamic and it wasn't helping me. In fact, it was worsening a problem that I already had. And that's certainly not to shift blame or not take ownership for how I was acting or things I was saying, things I was thinking. I certainly take ownership for that. But I also acknowledge that in certain dynamics, if you're not feeling particularly emotionally strong and then someone is throwing quite a strong current at you, it is hard not to get swept up in that current. I hope that makes sense. You guys know I love a good analogy. Now, there have been times over the years that I've had to put firm boundaries in place with family members as well, and it is so hard. It's really, really hard, but there's no way that I'm going to continually keep putting myself in the same cycle of negative emotions if there's no improvements or if I'm not feeling respected. And like I said, families are just such a hard dynamic. And we're all told how important our families are. And I do believe that. 
but I also believe more conversations need to be had surrounding the fact that sometimes the families that you're born into or that you marry into are actually causing you harm. And whilst it's unfortunate that you might have to put a boundary in place or take a little time out or a pause, sometimes that is exactly what is needed to build trust and confidence within yourself. I was recently listening to another podcast and I can't remember exactly what one it was. If I think of it, I'll try and jot it down into the show notes. This is the problem when you listen to so many podcasts. But the the lady who was speaking was saying that if you don't protect your inner child, so if you don't look after the little one in you who feels vulnerable, who feels like they need that protection, if you're not the one to put that boundary in place and stand up for yourself, over time, you start to lose respect for yourself and you start to lose faith and confidence in your ability to do the right thing for yourself. Now, when I heard that, that definitely hit a nerve for me and it might for some of you out there, or you know, maybe it won't make any sense at all. I guess it all depends on the upbringing that you have and the certain situation that you're in. But for me, when it comes to people who you might classify as toxic, I think it's important to understand your part in the dynamic as well and the power that you do have to put that boundary in place or to walk away. And, you know, when I was jotting down notes for this podcast, I kept coming back to thinking the fact of the the matter that you wouldn't go and step on a rusty nail over and over again. You know, if you stand on it once, you notice it. You stand on it twice, you certainly feel it. You don't want to keep repeating the same cycles over and over again. And sometimes having distance is exactly what is needed for both parties. Now, how you act on these toxic people will certainly vary depending on the situation and the relationship that you have with this person. For some people out there, When I say the words toxic person, you might automatically think about a co-worker, you know, or someone new into the workplace who you haven't quite figured out just yet. And maybe you have to spend certain amount of time with them each and every day. And it's going to be more about working out how to communicate and how to protect yourself, even though you need to be exposed to that situation. For other people, you might find that it's as simple as putting distance between you and that person if possible. So say it's not a co-worker, say it is a friend or a family member. If you feel that they don't have the capacity to have that open and honest conversation, then you may just need to start creating more space or maybe declining invitations or having limits set upon the time that you spend with them. So that may mean if this happens to be a friend who has a tendency to overstay their welcome, rather than having them over to your home, meeting them out somewhere and just being really clear and saying, I'll meet you at 10am, but I am going to have to leave by 11.30 or 12 because I have another commitment. That other commitment could just be I am making a commitment to my own mental health and wellness and I need to be in my car and I need to be able to focus on some positivity from that time onwards. So that would be an example of how you can have a boundary in place. Another way that you could have a boundary is to talk to the person. And again, it just depends whether or not they have that capacity to hold the space for that honest conversation or if you know this person really well and you just are fairly certain that if you bring it up, they're going to be really, really offended or try and turn it into a personal attack or make it something 
bigger than it needs to be. If you have that gut feeling, then maybe going for the softer option of just creating space gradually over a period of time, that might be the way to go. But if you do feel like you can speak to them, which hopefully if this is a person in your life that you value and you want them to be in your life, hopefully then they can hold that space for you and you can speak openly and freely and do it from a place of love. We are told over and over again since childhood that we need to be nice, especially as women. You know, we're told be nice to everyone, be polite, don't offend anyone. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But I think that there needs to be a bit of a movement surrounding the fact that at times it is better to say something that is unkind or not nice than it is to stay silent and let it eat you up. You don't have to be mean, you don't have to be awful, but you can stand in your truth and you can speak from your heart and you can be clear and protect yourself. That's okay. And when I say protect yourself, I don't mean just physically. I mean, protect yourself mentally and emotionally as well. The people that you allow into your lives and into your homes and into your children's life should be adding value. You should all be serving each other, not taking away from each other. I think about my boys and when I educate them about bullies, you know, the first thing that Matt and I try and teach them is to see the innocence and to come from a place of empathy. But if the same kid repeatedly is mean to them over and over and over again, I'm sure as shit not going to make them hang out with that child over and over again. And it's the same as adults. What you call a toxic person could also be called an adult bully. Bullying comes in lots of forms. Like I said, it could be the subtle digs or it could be big. It could be humiliation or intimidation or even just a guilt trip. All of these things can be emotional manipulation and we just don't necessarily need them in our lives. I know for myself, when I went through some extended family dramas, It was really, really valuable for me to go and seek advice from a counselor because it meant that I was able to get an objective third party opinion and just, I guess, reaffirm what I was doing. Because when I was putting space between myself and other family members, it was kind of hard for some people to understand why or how I could do that. But to be able to sit down with someone who had my best interest at heart as well as those, you know, in our extended family, it was really, really valuable for me to hear a professional say, that is okay. It's okay to protect yourself. Even though I knew it intrinsically, it was just nice to have that backup, I guess. So if you're finding yourself in a situation where you're just not sure what the right thing is to do, seeking an objective third party and professional opinion can be really, really, really valuable. And as I said at the start of the podcast, you know, in regards to the whole term toxic person, empathy. So having empathy for the other person is important and you can have empathy for a person and still put a boundary in place. They could be toxic to you because they highlight a personal trigger. So they might not actually have a personality fault or they might not be as toxic as you think they are. They could just have something within their personality that triggers you 
and you need to do your own emotional work before you can continue a relationship with them. So sometimes that boundary and that timeout card isn't just about going, oh my gosh, you're not a good person for me, so time out or here's the boundary. It's about going, you know what, I have empathy for you and I understand that the way that you act actually isn't about me, but... I'm doing my own personal work and I need to learn how to process through this and I need space and time to do that. Now, moving on to haters and online trolls and how I deal with that. So I wanted to tie this into the Toxic Person podcast because the way that I approach haters most, and that is definitely only most of the time, I'm only human, sometimes I slip up. But the way that I approach it most of the time may empower you with the people in your life too. You might not cop online hate and I truly hope that you do not, but maybe it's a snarky comment from someone in the workplace or maybe it's the perceived potential hate that you might get if you actually start that blog or start building your own personal brand. The fear of other people's opinions and the fear of potential hate hold so many women back. And I hate that. I hate thinking that women are stopping themselves from living to their fullest potential or they're purposefully dulling their shine because they're worried about what other people might think, might say, or those faceless trolls online. Now, I understand that fear and I do get the odd hater and the odd troll every now and then. I have friends with much, much larger followings than I have, and they have copped it far worse than I have. I I wouldn't say that I've ever been targeted by a hate campaign, but at times over the years, I've had my share of internet heroes come at me. And sometimes it's a small dig, you know, sometimes I think the small digs are actually worse than the all out mean things. I think it's worse when a, when a woman says something that's like a little snarky, a little underhanded, and then they add like a nice emoji on the end, you know, I'm sure that you know what I mean, where you read it and you know what they're saying, but they've put a little star on the end or they've put a little flower or a love heart just to soften the blow. Sometimes I think that's worse. Um, you know, and it does, it comes in all different forms. Sometimes it is a mean comment. Sometimes it's a really, really nasty and hate filled direct message. Um, sometimes I can open it and read it and go, wow, that has nothing to do with me. And other times I open it, read it, and I am affected and I realize they've hit a sore spot for me. So it's a good opportunity for me to do some work on myself and explore why did that hit a nerve for me? And I will not lie, there are times when it makes me angry or sad and often both, but I have developed a bit of a thought pathway that has really, really helped me and allowed me to forge forward, even knowing that there are going to be more of those comments and more of those direct messages, most likely in my future. So the first time I copped hate, it stayed with me for longer than I really care to admit, I would like to say to you, I opened this message and I brushed it off, but I didn't. I held onto it for days, going over and over and over these words again and again. I would wake up in the morning and think about them, and then I would think about them again at night. 
And when I was making notes for this podcast, I realized how far I had come when I reflected on that because I can remember, I can remember exactly what the lady called herself. It was a fake profile that she'd made up. I can remember exactly what she said to me. And like I said, I was like just ruminating over it, going over and over. I had the screenshot saved on my phone and I'd keep, keep looking back at it, which to me is the same as, as I said earlier in this podcast, stepping on the same rusty nail over and over again, reading that message you know, absorbing it again, just to, I guess, keep myself in that state of anxiety and feeling poorly. And now to compare myself a couple of years down the track, when I get a mean message, in most cases, I can get through that in like 10 to 30 seconds. So I do feel like I have streamlined the process of moving through and recovering from that to be much more efficient now. So I made a bit of a note of five things, five tips, I guess, that I keep in mind when it does come to copying online hate or negativity. And the first one is to really look at what the person's saying and to see if it's potential that maybe rather than what they're saying, there's an underlying message or what is the underlying trigger that I may have hit for them? Have I highlighted something within them that they don't like or that they wish they had in their life. And this is causing them to act out in a way that's not so kind. And the reason that I like to go to this point first is if someone is truly, genuinely happy, if you are good, like if you're good within your life and you feel happy most of the time and you wish other people well, Even if you have a difference of opinion to someone else, you don't go out of your way to hurt them or bring them down. I often say on Instagram that we all have opinions. You know, I have a strong opinion on certain topics. Matt has a strong opinion. And if I'm following someone and they have a different opinion, you know what I do? I go, oh, that's different to my opinion. And I keep scrolling. I don't feel the need to send them an abusive message or create a fake profile and tell them that their opinion is wrong because I'm good. I'm genuinely happy within myself. So that first point for me is to go, okay, what's this person saying? And is it true? Or is it coming from a place of lack or want or jealousy for them? You know, I might get messages from other women saying, I don't like the fact that you upload stories wearing a crop top, or I don't think you should wear those bikinis while you're with your children. And I'm talking about how, you know, sometimes bikinis these days are quite a cheeky cut on the back. I've had women message me and say, that's not appropriate that you're wearing that with your kids. Now, maybe that's their opinion and great. Or maybe that highlights for them that they're not out there and they're not living their best life with their kids at the beach. I don't know, and I may not ever know, but I think it's a good thing to look at what they're saying and be a bit more objective and a bit more realistic with what the potential underlying message truly is. Now, my second point is one that I think we can all all practice. And so for me, it's just going, you know what? Not in my house. Like, no, thank you. I did not invite you here. I did not ask you your opinion. So you are not coming into my house. And that's sometimes what I physically say to a message. You know, I might open one or I might read a comment and I just go, nope, like it is up to me who I let into my world, 
who I let into my life through my phone, my computer, or physically through the door of my home. And if I wouldn't have you in my house, then I am not open to your opinion. So it's really simple. I just say to myself, not in my house. No, thank you. And that's one that you might like to take on with you throughout your day too. Now, number three is really, really important. Oh my gosh, just saying really, really just reminded me that someone commented saying that they hate when I say really, really. So this is a prime example. I got that comment and I thought, okay, you really, really hate when I say two words the same in a row, but that's just how I talk. So I'm not going to be mindful of changing my language just to appease one person, or maybe there's a thousand people out there who are annoyed by it, but I will never get through a podcast if I'm trying to speak in a way that, you know, is perfect for everyone. It just won't happen. So I have to choose my battles. But back to number three, have a vision so big for your life that you will not allow someone else's opinion or mean words to change that vision. If you are really clear about what you want in your life and what you deserve and what you are going to have, you will be busy cultivating that. And when someone comes in with a snarky underhanded comment or, you know, goes all out with abuse, you're going to rely on that clear vision. What you want in your life needs to hold more weight than a random person's opinion or even someone's opinion who loves you. Just get, like I said, clear, have a big vision and lean on that vision because everything else should pale in comparison. Tip number four is to not reason. So do not reason with the unreasonable. And I've shared this one before, but I love it. It applies to toddlers and babies, but it also applies to those people in your life who you may consider to be toxic or their haters. Just don't reason with them. And sometimes I do break this rule. I have to be honest. Most of the time I go, oh, that person is unreasonable because one, they're sending a mean message to someone they don't even know, they don't know the full story, or they've created a fake profile. And in my opinion, that is unreasonable. So why would I engage with them? Why would I reason? But occasionally I do. And an example of this is a couple of months ago, I had someone, a lady, a mum. it's always, it's often mums, which pains me to say, but it's true. Um, a mum messaged me saying, do not wear that. I can't believe you're wearing that. That looks stupid or it looks silly, freaking stupid, freaking silly, something along those lines. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to engage and play this out a little bit and maybe it will teach this person a little bit of perspective. So the way that I engaged was I replied saying, oh my gosh, can you please send me your mobile number? Can you send me your phone number so that every day I can send you a photo of what I'm wearing and you can approve it for me because that's how ridiculous it is. You know, am I going to wake up every day and send this lady a message of what I'm wearing so she can give me the thumbs up? No. Am I going to go downstairs and send her a photo of the shoes I'm going to put on so she can approve those? No. Like really, I don't even know you lady. Why? Why are you giving me your opinion? I haven't asked for it, you know, and even if I had asked for your opinion, word it nicely. I just can't imagine being the sort of, well, I can, I can imagine being that sad and that unhappy, but that sort of person who thinks that their opinion is right 
And there seems to be so much entitlement on the internet. We are all entitled to our opinion. And like I said, everyone has one and that is great, but you're not entitled to go spewing it on people who aren't interested. So that's why I say don't reason with the unreasonable, but with the exception of occasionally letting it play out so that hopefully the other person can see how silly or how unkind that is at times. And my fifth and final tip for dealing with online hate is perspective. Now, this is one that I lean on a lot. I think to myself, okay, even though that this feels a little bit shit right now, and this is making me feel, you know, whatever emotion it is that's coming to the surface, I remind myself that if this is the worst part of my day, if right now is the very, very lowest point of my 24 hours, how lucky am I? Because there are people out there who are going through some really, really hard times. There are people out there who have lost children, who are losing loved ones right now, who have just received a terrible diagnosis in their life. There are bad things happening all over the world. And if someone being a little mean to me online is my lowest point, how phenomenally lucky am I right now? And that pushes me into gratitude. And when I first started copying the occasional online hate, Matt would say to me, Kylie, you need to feel gratitude. And I would say to him, I am grateful. I'm really grateful for the kids and I'm grateful, blah, 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 blah. And I'd say it like that. And he'd say, no, no, no. If you are in extreme gratitude, that's the only emotion you can feel. So whilst you walking around the house touting that you're grateful for X, Y, and Z, that's great. But what you need to do is actually stop and go into that place of extreme gratitude for what you have in your life. And then those feelings of anxiety, anger, sadness, hurt, disappointment that are coming to the surface, they will start to dissipate. And that was one of his wisest moments. <laughs> um, it's one that has really, really stuck with me. So that's why it is tied into my fifth point, perspective and also extreme gratitude. Ultimately, I hope that for those who are listening, you're not going through a tough situation. I hope that your family and your friends and everyone in your life are serving you and you're serving them well. And when I say serving, I mean bringing out the best in you and you bringing out the best in those around you. But if you're not, if you're in a situation where someone is negatively impacting your quality of life, just remember that life is short and you are in control of who you let into your inner sanctum. And it is okay. You are well within your right to protect yourself at times. That is a good thing to do. And I just want to end on one of my all-time favorite quotes, and you've probably heard it, I'm sure you would have, but it basically goes along the lines of explaining that you become the average of the five people that you spend the most amount of time with. So it really does put the onus, it does put the power back on you as an individual to understand that the state of your being right now is likely impacted by the people that you spend the most amount of time with. And those could be people in your real life. They could be your friends. They could be your family. They could be your colleagues, or they could be people online. If you're looking up to someone online or you're continually scrolling social media and you're absorbing content that is making you feel less than, that is something to acknowledge and look at and see if you need to rework who you're spending your time with. 
And when it comes to the people in your real life, setting boundaries for those who aren't serving you and also actively seeking friends and people to spend time with that can serve you and can bring out the best in you. So it's not just about noticing when someone's bringing out the worst, but it's about noticing when do you feel at your best? Who are you surrounded by in that circumstance? And if you really can't think of people in your life right now who are bringing out the best in you, then that's a good sign that it's time to seek new friendships, seek new connections, and maybe reach out to people that you haven't caught up with in a long time, or you've been meaning to catch up with, or maybe reach out to that mum at mum's group who you feel a bit of a vibe, a bit of a connection with, but you've never hung out one-on-one. Seek new friendships, level up, notice how you feel at work, and understand that ultimately your happiness lies within your own hands. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and I look forward to recording another one soon for you. My most favorite thing is, if you enjoy this podcast, to please, please, please take a screenshot and upload it to your Instagram stories and tag me. My Instagram handle is at Kylie Camps, so at K-Y-L-I-E-C-A-M-P-S. I look forward to seeing those. And if you're listening to this podcast via iTunes, please take a second to rate and review. Thank you, and we will chat soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.